Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're starting the sixth parak of Masech Tespeya, Mishnah Aleph, Mishnah Beis. Beishami Omrim Hevger Laniim Hevger. Ubeisil Omrim Eno Hevger Ad Shivkar Af Laashirim Kishmito. Says Beishami, if you want to declare parts of your produce ownerless, you want to make them Hevger, but you only want to make them Hevger for the Aniim, for the poor people, and not for the wealthy people, that works. Now that produce is considered ownerless. Whereas Beishamai disag- excuse me, disagrees and says Hefger only works when it's works across the board, where it's ownerless according to everyone and open to everyone. What exactly is going on here? What does this mean? So the concept of Hefger, of declaring something owner- ownerless, is a fascinating concept that comes up multiple places in Halakha. If you think most prominently, think about Bittol Chometz. Havre Hefger ka'afra ta'ara. I'm making this ownerless like the dust of the earth. Which is, by the way, two very different things. To declare something ownerless, you're not declaring like the dust of the earth. We're actually doing two different things there. One of them we're saying is, I don't want to own it. And also, even in the event that Hefker does not work, that it's not going to be, it's not going to actually be Hefker, then I'm going to consider it like and, and deem it like as dust of the earth. What does it mean to make something Hefker? Why, why are we doing that? How does that even work? If you think about it for a moment, I have a computer sitting on my desk in front of me. If I declare it, this computer is ownerless, well, what is the mechanism at work that takes it out of my possession, and now you can walk in and remove it from my desk and take it home? How exactly does Hefker work? And the way it works may actually play out in the Machlokas Beishamah and Beishelo, perhaps, in our mission right here. So there are a few ways the Achronim look at what does it mean, what is the mechanics to Hefker. Some say, when I say this computer is ownerless, essentially what I'm saying is it doesn't belong to me, it's not in my Rishus. Others say, no, it's, I'm actually putting it in its, into its own rishus. I'm saying this computer now belongs to Hefker, and anyone who wants to come along can take it. Or another way of looking at it is this belongs to everyone. Anyone can, and, and, and now the first person who wants to come along picks it up and essentially will acquire it. So really anyone has equal rights to it, and therefore any, the first person who comes along now acquires it. Lastly, there's the position of the Rambam, which is a little fascinating. There's much, much discussion on it. The Rambam says it's not that. By declaring something ownerless, by saying this is Hefker, I'm removing it from my Rishus, I'm removing, removing it from my possession, but rather I'm, it's, it's as if I'm taking a nether. I'm taking a, a, a vow and I'm saying this computer, it was in my Rishus and I was able to use it whenever I wanted. Now it's no longer in my Rishus because I'm no longer going to use it. And now anyone who comes along can now has the rights to pick it up and acquire it. The difference between the Rambam and everyone else is according to the Rambam, if I declare it, as a neder, that I no longer want to have enjoyment, I no longer want to use it. So it's still in my rishus, I still own it, it's just because I can have no use of it, therefore anyone else can come along and pick it up. Whereas everyone else is, no. By declaring it ownerless, I'm essentially saying it belongs to everyone else, and no longer belongs to me, and the big nafkami is going to be. Pesach, if you assume like the Rambam, that when I say this chametz is ownerless, essentially I'm saying I just don't want to have use to it, well, still in my reshutz, it's still in my possession. And by your rabbi Yamatzeh, I am—I have a problem. I'm not allowed to see the chametz. I'm not allowed to have possession of the chametz, and therefore hefker shouldn't work. And that may be the rationale why we say beyond hefker, we also say ka'afrat ara. I'm being mevatelit. I'm saying it's, I don't want it. It's—it's it's not even like—not that, that it's just not—it's ownerless. But I—I I, I don't want it. I'm considering it and deeming it like dust of the earth. Whereas according to everyone else, hefker should work because I'm removing it from my reshutz. Another place where this may come up is as follows: according to the Rambam. It, because I never, it never leaves my possession, I'm just saying I don't want to have ownership, I don't, I don't have rights to it, excuse me. So what if someone declares something Hefker? 
So now it's still theirs, but they cannot have ownership of it. They cannot have usage of it because it's a neder. They said, I'm taking a vow, essentially. I'm not having usage of it. And before someone else comes along, Reuven declares this hefker, saying, essentially, a vow, I'm not going to use it. And before Shimon can come along and now claim it to be his, Reuven, Rahman al passes away. So what happens? Everything that Reuven owns goes to his children, including that which he declared Hefker. But since the things that he declared Hefker are still his, he just couldn't use it. Well, his son never took that nether. His son never said, I don't want to have usage of this. And therefore, a son can use it. And his son now becomes the automatic owner of this. Whereas, according to everyone else, where Hefker, I'm essentially saying, this computer, it may look like it's on my desk. It may be right in front of me. I can touch it. But I'm essentially saying it belongs to the world. So if, if Reuven's children want to, want to use it, they have to reacquire it. And if they don't do so, and Shimon comes along first, then Shimon owns it. Perhaps, by way of introduction, a very long introduction, what's happening here is as follows. One can maybe claim, maybe one can offer and say as follows. Beis Shammai is saying, Beis Hillel, let's start with him first. Beis Hillel is saying, you know why if I make something Hefker, just for the poor people, not for the wealthy people, does not work? Because that's what a Hefker is. Hefker is essentially saying, I'm making it ownerless. I'm giving it over to everyone. Barring that, just like Shemitah, Shemitah belongs to everyone. Barring that, it's not Hefker. It belongs to me. The only way to make something Hefker is you put it into the possession of the world. You say it belongs to everyone else. Whereas maybe one can, can say, maybe, this is a little bit of my conjecture on my part, that Beishamai is going to disagree. And almost like, like the Rambam, Beishamai is saying, no, Hefker, the definition of Hefker is not that I'm making it belong to the world, but rather I'm just saying I'm not going to use it. Use it. So in this case, I'm not going to use it. I'm saying it only belongs to the Aniyam. And since I'm not poor, I'm not going to use it, and therefore the Hefker perhaps would work. That's just one way of looking at this mission, which I thought would be fascinating. Moving right along, If you have a field and you have a very large bundle, so we will learn soon in a few Mishnayas that when you have more than four stalks, that's not considered shechacha. More than four is not shechacha because that's too much to forget. So Beishamah says a very, very large, a very, very large kava kava, a, a, a pile, that's so big as well. It's as big as four stalks, four piles, and therefore that's also not considered shechacha. Beishamah says no. Shechacha, it is shechacha. The definition of things that are shechacha is anything you forget. If you if you have more than four, then you're not going to forget it. If you have something very big, you may forget it, and therefore Beis Hillel agrees, disagrees. Beis Hillel says it's shechacha so long as it's not four. But a very large one is shechacha. Beis Shammai said no, a very large one the size of four would not be considered shechacha. Mishnah base. Ha'omer shuhu somech legafa. You have a you have a pile a bundle, and you leave it next to a, a, a wall. This particular wall is actually, if you look at fields sometimes, dividing the fields are piles of stone, like stone walls that aren't uh, glued together, aren't cemented together, but a st- long stone wall. Ula Gadish, or you have a pile next to a very large pile of, of many, many piles, as we discussed before. La Bakar, next to a corral, Villa Kalim, or next to some sort of utensils or kalim that are used for plowing the field, and you forget the pile there. So next to any of these larger landmarks, we'll call it that, it's not shikacha, because because you left next to a landmark, you're more prone, says Veshamai, to remember it. You start saying, wait, am I missing something? Oh, it must be next to the the, the corral. It must be next to that fence. No, it is shikacha. That too is considered shikacha. Everyone should have a wonderful day.